This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. Well, our Sunday is the 30th of January. We are into the fourth week of Ordinary Time. And before we begin with our readings, I wanted to open with a prayer Certainly, there are so many prayers that uh, we can pray, prayers from the heart, just a thanksgiving prayer to, to have a communication with our Lord, to give thanks for the many blessings that we receive, particularly the gift of life. And then we have special, I guess, rote prayers, prayers that we pray every day to keep us focused on God's providence and presence in our lives, the Our Father prayer, the Glory Be prayer, the Hail Mary prayer, maybe an act of contrition. I've been using Using this booklet, it's called Prayers for All Occasions. And I think every year the shrine of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception puts this particular booklet out with different prayers. Some of them are all Marian prayers, some are traditional prayers in the church. And then this one I wanted to pray today is specifically for police officers. And I just think about all of the different news stories that we hear today. And the men and women who have been called to serve and to protect. And these men and women really should be honored. They should be recognized. They should go through an amazing amount of training to take care of the communities that they serve. And I've got police officers in my extended family, and I pray for their safety every day. I pray for their families. You know, their families send a police officer out for the day, and they may not see that loved one come back home. That's the reality of a, of, a, of a vocation, such as being a police officer. And of course, I include our firefighters and first responders, all those that are on the front lines, military, of course. But this prayer is specifically for our police officers. And I just wanted to hold them in the bottom of our Lord's heart and just to ask for their guardian angels to watch over them, to watch over their family, to watch over the cities and the communities that they patrol and they look out for. So would you join me in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Almighty God, whose great power and eternal wisdom embraces the universe, watch over all policemen and law enforcement officers everywhere. Protect them from harm in their performance of their duty to stop crime, robbery, riots, and violence. We pray, help them keep our streets and homes safe day and night. We commend them to your loving care, 
because their duty is dangerous. Grant them strength and courage in their daily assignments. Dear God, protect these brave men and women. Grant them your almighty protection. Unite them safely with their families after duty has ended. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for police officers. It just came to me. Let's let's offer a special prayer and hold those men and women in our country in our prayers. Okay, like I said, we're in the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time. We've got a few more of these Ordinary Time Sundays. And guess what? March 2nd comes and we enter Lent. So let's really enjoy this time of growing. I like to say that when we see the green vestments of our priests, it's that growing time, this ordinary time to really chew on the word of God. And so we're going to extend the reading that we heard last week from the gospel. And we continue to hear from St. Paul and we get to hear a little bit from the prophet Jeremiah. So let's begin with the prophet Jeremiah, our first reading chapter. Chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and then we hop down to 17 through 19. So it's always good to read the whole context of these readings. Sometimes the, the liturgy doesn't offer a whole piece of the chapter, so it's good to go back in. And that's why we do these, these meditations and these preparations, because it will draw you deeper into the reading and get a better sense of what's going on. A reading from the book of Jeremiah. The word of God came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I dedicated you. A prophet to the nations, I appointed you. But do you gird your loins? Stand up and tell them all that I command you. Be not crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them. For it is I this day who have made you a fortified city, a pillar of iron, a wall of brass against the whole land, against Judah's kings and princes, against its priests and people. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our psalm today comes from Psalm 71. I will sing of your salvation. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your justice, rescue me and deliver me. Incline your ear to me and save me. I will sing of your salvation. Be my rock of refuge, a stronghold to give me safety. For you are my rock and my fortress. O my God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. I will sing of your salvation. For you are my hope, O Lord, my trust, O God, from my youth. On you I depend from birth. From my mother's womb, you are my strength. I will sing of your salvation. My mouth shall declare your justice. Day by day, your salvation. O God, you have taught me from my youth until the present. I proclaim your wondrous deeds. I will sing of your salvation. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 12 and into chapter 13. 
brothers and sisters, strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts, but I shall show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in human and angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have the gift of prophecy and comprehend all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away everything I own, and if I hand my body over so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. It does. It is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. If there are prophecies, they will be brought to nothing. If tongues, they will cease. If knowledge, it will be brought to nothing. For we know partially, and we prophesy partially, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. At present, we see indistinctly as in a mirror, but then face to face. At present, I know partially, then I shall know fully as I am fully known. So faith, hope, love remain, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure yourself, and say, Do hear in your native place the things that we, we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen. I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them 
and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, A lot of things going on here. And I want to go back to the prophet Jeremiah just to start off a little bit, because I know we are still in the month of January and January respect my respect life month. In fact, this in the state of Oregon this weekend, Oregon right to life gathered for their annual March and rally for life in the state capitol. Over the years, that annual gathering, a memorial to honor those who have been killed due to abortion and to honor their lives and to bring about change in abortion for an end to abortion. They've gathered either in the state capital of Salem, Oregon, or in Portland, Oregon, which is a little bit more visible uh, in terms of a place to gather people, but they've gone back to the capital and Oregon Right to Life's home offices are also in the state capital. So again, a place where we want to communicate a message of justice for all people. And so I, I know that this scripture from Jeremiah is used a lot in sharing the dignity and the sanctity of all human life, that at that moment of conception, you have a purpose, you have a plan that God knows you. And this is reiterated here in Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He's talking to Jeremiah and Jeremiah, as all the prophets have, as we read in the Old Testament, have a plan, have a purpose. You know, they're going to go and be a particular messenger of God they're going to be rejected. They're going to be maybe hurled out of their country, out of their land, but that they have been dedicated in the womb that God has had this plan for these prophets. And Jeremiah is no exception, you know, from the very beginning, from that spark of life. And we have to remember that that spark of life, God has a purpose. God has a reason. God is creating It is not our place to destroy that which God has created. And so God is telling Jeremiah, I've got a plan for you. And it isn't isn't it nice that God is going to let him know it's going to be rough ride. (laughs) Um, He's not holding back and letting Jeremiah know that you are going to be, uh, he says, they will fight against you. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm up for that, Lord. But Jeremiah was up for that. But they won't prevail over you. For I am with you to deliver you. You know, that's the promise that God has, that we may feel that our fight is over. We may be in a relationship. We may be in a financial situation. We may be in a crisis. Certainly our culture, our our country, even our church is in a crisis. But yet the Lord says to Jeremiah, and he says to us today, I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. He's promising. You know, he's looking at his son, Jeremiah. Here's my prophet that's going to go out into the world. And yeah, he's going to get beaten down, but he is going to be my messenger. And there are going to be people who listen to Jeremiah. There are going to be those whose hearts will be turned to the Lord. They will turn to praise the Lord. And then I love the Psalm. Isn't the Psalm? No, the Psalms. I will sing of your salvation. You know, even in the midst 
of being fought against. And isn't Christianity in general being fought against? All of what Christianity stands for, if you want to go down the Ten Commandments, what the root of the Ten Commandments are, all of that is being thrown out the window. We can just do whatever we want. We want to have whatever rights that we want to have for this particular group or or what have you without recognizing the dignity of all human life and that we are the creatures and God is the creator. There's a relationship there. There's a relationship that must be respected. From my mother's womb, you are my strength. To know that we have been created in God's image and likeness, he has a purpose for us. Whether we can see it or not, right now we may not be able to see that purpose. We might be in a challenging time, but that's okay. Oh God, rescue me from the hand of the wicked. You know, the Psalms give us that encouragement that if we are in difficult times, like a Jeremiah, that the Lord will never abandon us. He will not allow those to prevail over us. And how do we see that? We can't see in God's eyes. We may think, but Lord, I'm suffering in this, in this disease, in this cancer, in this ALS, in this Alzheimer's, in this divorce, in this suffering over the death of a loved one. And you're, 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 you're not seeing, you're thinking, well, it's prevailing over me. No, but the Lord, he is your strength. It goes beyond the physical, the emotional, the spiritual ailments that we encounter in this life and this world. The Lord is our strength. St. Paul and the Corinthians, I mean, this is a, a letter that is read at many weddings. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful letter of love. And again, if we really think about what love is, so faith, hope, love remain, the greatest of these is love. Isn't that how our hearts, I think that's the beauty of the sacred hearts of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the sacred hearts of Jesus and Mary. We, we connect love with our heart and next month will be Valentine's Day and we'll, we'll tie in, you know, all of this love and hearts, but it goes deep into what love is all about, this recognition of God's presence, God's love. We can only love because God is love and he teaches us love in his son, Jesus Christ, in the life that Jesus lived, in his death and resurrection. And his passion is where he teaches us the lesson of love. And here we go to the gospel of Luke. And we have to go back. So I'm going to go back to last Sunday. And if you remember the reading, Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown, where he had grown up. So some of you may have lived in a small town growing up. I didn't grow up in a small town, maybe a smaller city, Gresham, but I lived for several years in a pretty small town, Tillamook, 4,000 people, probably more cows than people lived in that area. So in Tillamook and even where I live today, which is a little bit bigger town, but, uh, but people get to know each other really well. You get to know the families and then there gets to be many generations. I love in this parish that I'm at today, Immaculate Heart, there's been people with generation after generation, a lady celebrated her 90th birthday. 
last Sunday and we celebrated, we sang happy birthday to her. And, and I said, you know, how long have you been in this parish? And she said, I was baptized in this parish and have grown up her whole life, you know, and then her generations before her have been part of this community. And I think, wow, there are so many beautiful communities like that, like Nazareth, where generation after generation live right there. They work right there. People know their families. They know kind of which family you grew up. Were you the dairy family? Were, were you part of the um, lumber family? Or, you know, what kind of work did your family do? So here's Jesus. And we we don't know about the life of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph growing up. We only get a tiny bit of that experience. And so we know through writings and history of just the life of Nazareth, the life of the, the communities in that day. So we can maybe imagine being part of a carpenter's family and providing for your family through uh, working with your hands. But think about this, that Jesus goes back to Nazareth. He goes to the, the temple and the synagogue, and he reads this scroll And it says here, he unrolled the scroll and found the passage. So I can just, I can just see Jesus, like he knows what he wants to say right now, because this is when his ministry is going to move and he's starting to shake people up. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I love this reading because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Now, Jesus says this, and then he says to the people, now he's 30 years old-ish, and the people around him have watched him grow up. So they've been part of families that have gone to synagogue together for the last 30 years. They certainly know Mary and Joseph. And he says, today, the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And then we go to today's reading, which takes on the scripture. And then it says, which is very interesting, that the people were amazed at his words. But then they say, well, hey, isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his family. We know where he came from. We know how he grew up. He's just like us. There's nothing special about him. He's just one of the community here in Nazareth. And all of a sudden they get angry. And he brings out these stories, right, of of pagans who believed in the Lord rather than the Jewish people when he talks about the widow and Naaman. And they are furious. And I just am thinking, you know, we read this story so fast and, but here's people, you know, think about your own hometown or maybe it's just a community. Maybe it's a working community. I think of in the Pacific Northwest, we've got Intel and Nike where it's, it's like a little city and you may see the same people over and over again. And, you know, you know, 
you know kind of what that person's all about because of what they're associated with. Oh, they're their IT person. Oh, they're the this. Oh, they're the that. And we put people in a box. Oh, you're from that family. Certainly in, in Tillamook, because dairy industry has been so big, you know, you're part of a certain dairy family. People know, you know, what that means. And there's significance in that. But there's also kind of limitations to what that means. And so there's a limitation in these people from Nazareth to say, you're the son of Joseph. So we know where you're from. We're from the same place. You're not any special guy. And how, even though we know Jesus is fully God and fully man, but as a full man, to not be accepted by his peers, by those people that he grew up with, you know, the people that he played ball with and that his families were part of the same community, maybe mealtime or certainly synagogue. And it certainly must have hurt his heart, you know, that they didn't show a love of him at that time. And certainly as God, he would know, just like the Lord told Jeremiah, you're going to be rejected. So certainly God would have known I'm going to be rejected, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that your heart isn't sorrowful. And I think about Mary. You know, if if Jesus is in the synagogue of Nazareth, here's Mary. We're, we're assuming that she's a widow at this time. And she's watching her son. And she knows in her heart, while she doesn't know everything about what's going to happen in his ministry, she knows my son is going to go through some tough times, but the Lord has this purpose and plan and I don't quite understand it, but I have to sit back and watch. And can you imagine a mother watching? This is just a precursor to when she's at the, at the foot of the cross to watch what happens to the people who betray Jesus, who accuse Jesus, who kill Jesus. And she has to watch this. And so even at the beginning of his ministry, Mary had to have had these pierced wounds in her heart to watch her son be ridiculed and rejected. And I can't help but think she would want to pray, Lord, help them, help these people, help my neighbors, help my friends, help my family come to know Jesus, who he truly is. And that's Mary's prayer today, to come to know Jesus, to come to know her son. And so isn't it beautiful, you know, it it makes that Jeremiah phrase come to life when, when Jesus, the people want to throw him out of the town and just like toss him over the hill. Can you imagine they, they turned so quickly against one of their own? What would cause that kind of anger? And yet he passed through them. He is God. He passed through them and he went away. You know, he didn't, strike back. He didn't try to defend himself. He didn't fight it. He just moved on. He just moved on. Do we just move on and say, this isn't the battle for me today. I'm not going to win that soul. Lord, it's up to you. 
I'm going to turn that soul over to you. This big battle of the country, of the world, of these global issues, Lord, I'm not going to beat that battle. Jesus, I surrender it to you. Blessed Mother, help us in times of rejection, in times of ridicule, in times of misunderstanding and false accusing and antagonizing and putting people in boxes and putting people in limitations where we don't see God's potential and promise in them. Help us to see Jesus. Help us to see the love, the love that St. Paul talks about in our neighbor, but help us to see it in ourselves. So we respond with that faith, hope, and love. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever, world without end. Amen. Thanks for joining me on Faith Moments. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I look forward to talking with you again next week. We will enter the month of February. It's a short month, but we have a lot to cover. So God bless you, and peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Day Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.